Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show I'll be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset trauma coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. This week I'm joined by Gemma Mercer, who is a maternal wellness coach and matrescence educator, helping busy mums get back into the driving seat of their own lives by rediscovering their sense of identity and working out what they want from life now that they are a mum. Gemma has always battled true inner confidence and imposter syndrome, comparing herself to others and never fully believing in herself. Her self-doubt came to a head shortly after her second child, where the heaviness of the mother load became too much for her and she forgot who she was. Battling mum guilt while trying to rediscover who she was, Gemma came across matrescence and so suddenly the fog started to lift as she realised that there was a real reason as to why she felt this way. Since that day, Gem has developed coping strategies to help her cope with the daily battles of motherhood while growing and scaling her business. Hi, Gem. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. How are you? <laughs> I'm really well, thank you, Emma. It's nice to see you. And you? Um, yeah, no, really I'm well. I'm excited. I'm going to let the audience in on a little secret. I know <laughs> this young lady. For 15 years, <laughs> we've been in each other's lives. Um, we met yeah. through work many years ago and uh, we've been good friends since and we actually were pregnant at the same time with our well my only child and your first child um, yeah. and so we went through the battles of trying to fall pregnant together and then being pregnant and then obviously being mummies um, so there's so much there that I want to talk to you about um, you know because there's so much that I relate to and I know that there's a lot of people that will relate to the, the struggles of motherhood, um, the fact that it's the most amazing job in the world, but the reality is that we do lose ourselves in it. And I know that certainly as much as my son is the best thing that's ever happened to me, um, my confidence has taken a real dip and I've had to really learn to get to know myself again, which I know is something that you mm. work on with people, but also is something that you've really um, struggled with and, and gone on a journey so it'd be great to deep dive into that but I'd just love to just start by just understanding a bit more about sort of your experience with self-doubt what that was like for you um, before you became a mum and then how it then uh, got heightened once you'd had your children yeah gosh yes self-doubt has always been <laughs> like like for many of us, uh, self-doubt has always been a big part of the inside of me, I would say. Um, and pre previous to motherhood, previous to motherhood, I threw myself and my self-doubt into powering on with the career. Mm. It was like it was it was like a part of me that um, was always there. And I needed to just continue to outdo it, continue to push myself. And the self-doubt would never leave, but it would always be 
really making life tricky for myself, tripping myself up. And it was an, a need to avoid failure, I would always say. And so you and I met way back in the corporate world where I was hiding this from everybody, um, going after job after job, promoted a few times. And um, it was a massive part of my self-identity was this ability to achieve, even though nobody knew how much I was doubting myself inside. So you mm. imagine the pressure, the pressure that was building up there. Yeah. Um, so that that was that's pre-kids. Uh, a whole story of how pregnancy, you know, came about for me. It wasn't an easy ride, as you well know. But once I was pregnant, and once I was very fortunate to have my two amazing children, uh, I wasn't in that corporate world anymore. And self-doubt started to, well, never left, but it, it was creeping in in a completely different way. And this time, because my self-identity had been so wrapped up in tangible success or, tang you know, achievements, ticking things off my list, striving for that next promotion. Um, as soon as I was in mum life, and we all know, poof, how many times a day do you feel like you've really ticked a lot of stuff off your list with young children? I mean, it's just a constant battle of putting cushions back on the sofa for goodness sake, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> and no, nobody really saying thanks for anything. You yeah. know? And so the self-doubt for me really started to kick in in a big way because, as you said perfectly in the introduction there, I lost myself because everything I knew was this kind of inner perfect like trying to get that perfection of achieving stuff and it had gone yeah completely completely gone it, you um, know it's interesting because um hearing you say that you push through it and the pressures that that you're under obviously when I was working with you um you know me and you've always been close friends so I saw snippets of it but I don't think anyone ever fully understands the pressure that we put on ourselves and we try and mask it in, in the best way possible. And, you know, the thing is, self-doubt is everywhere. And I haven't met one person that doesn't experience self-doubt um, at some point. But it's uh, when you learn how to manage it, you then are able to go on and do the things that, that you want to do. Um, and clearly you'd got very good at um, being one step ahead of your self-doubt or managing it in a way mm. that, that drove you essentially to, to keep proving to yourself that you can do it by getting the promotions. Um, but I know from your experience that obviously that's very tiring as well when you're always trying to stay one step ahead of it and you're scared to take that mask off and that mask can, can get really, really heavy. Can I just ask a couple of questions before we dive into that a little bit more as in, um, what made you feel that you couldn't share that with other people? And um, what did you think would happen if you took that mask off? Oh, good questions. Wow. Um, this, this, goes for, this goes for before and after having children. My, I, I just... Because nobody... You're, you're so right there. There's a few things in what you've just said. Everybody is feeling it. Yet nobody really, apart from things like this podcast, are talking about it. Yeah. No? So 
a lot of the mums I talk to because that's that's in the forefront now because yeah. that's obviously where I'm at a lot of the mums will just keep on striving to hide these things so I can't actually answer that question truly because when I was not aware of this and not protecting myself like I do now mm. it was so embedded it was so deeply ingrained does that make sense yeah, it, it was it was it was like you say a mask but I just there was no other alternative mm. um and it made me unwell it made me unwell you know stress anxiety uh shing- shingles for goodness sake Mm. neck back and shoulder problems you name it like it's it 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 takes a physical as well as an emotional strain and emotional you know psychological it affects everything doesn't it yeah totally and you Um, know there's a massive um uh what's the word relationship between mental and physical and often if you're feeling mentally drained it will show in your physical body absolutely absolutely um so, so no, my answer is I, I basically used to just push on through because there was no other option. Mm. There was no other option. I, I guess, had been brought up in a world where my parents had been very successful and it was just what life was. It was, it was just how I had to get on. And you're absolutely right. Very few people were anywhere near aware of how much I was suffering inside and in fact I actually bumped into someone I worked in you know in corporate with and we she, she'd seen the work I'm doing now and she asked me questions about it and she said Gemma honest to god out of everyone in that office never would I have thought that was you mm. never yeah so and you know sometimes um the way people perceive us um when we're carrying that mask I know certainly for years when I was carrying my mask I was so scared to take it off because I didn't want to let people down or see the real me or think I wasn't as strong as they thought I was and so Mm -hmm. I had to keep that persona up and I think there's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves that we even now sometimes if I admit that I'm not coping I think oh god you know my husband is going to think differently of me or my friends will think differently of me because we're just so scared to be judged yeah Um, but you know as much as I still experience it occasionally what I have learned along the way and I know you now um, have learned is that when we embrace our wholeness life just feels easier because you're not having to remember which character you are or put on this um, mask this heavy mask Mm. every day to please other people um, and we've recognized that obviously we need to please ourselves and look after ourselves first and that will you know ultimately ripple effect into other people's relationships with us and what we do and I, I absolutely and this concept that internal expectation and the you know external societal expectations on what it means to be a successful woman Mm. or a good mother whichever whichever lens you want to be looking at you know we have these we we are as women are brought up with this inside of us to um these are the roles that we need to play and because nobody else is letting other people in to Mm. what they're really feeling we're all doing it to each other so a big part of what I do now is letting people come round as much as it goes against everything that I've always aspired to do but let people come round when 
there's dirty washing out, you know, or the 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 blooming gardens, you know, the dogs have been creating havoc in there, or you know, I'm saying silly things, but do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. See the real side of us. The real side of life with kids, Mm. jobs, God knows what else. Yeah, you know, and and what happens when somebody says they're coming around for a cup of tea you're frantically cleaning the hob like I don't I can't do that and I don't want my friend or whoever it is coming round and thinking well when Gemma comes round I best make sure that I've got my nice candles burning because yeah. <laughs> her house smell doesn't smell of dog <laughs> yeah. don't, don't get me wrong I don't want an untied like I'm not an unclean person but do you see yeah. what I'm saying there's a balance there isn't there there is um, I think we put so many silly pressures well I say silly in the quoted term because the reality is they're small but we put so much pressure on ourselves and make it a big thing because of that that fear of judgment but also because we we're not feeling great about it ourselves um and Mm. so often how we feel on the inside is reflected on the outside so you mentioned Mm. obviously you know you all you ever knew really for your coping mechanism with self-doubt was to keep pushing and pushing and pushing going for promotion and staying one step ahead of it when you left um the corporate world um and I know when I left it and we were again very similar timings to that there was an exposure that came with that because suddenly you're stripped of your job title and Mm. you're stripped of a sense of um chasing the next job and you know where we worked we were a worldwide id and so Mm. no one really knew too much about us and then suddenly when you go into your own business it's like boom everything that you've hidden suddenly is Mm. exposed because you don't have team members or um, other things to kind of hide behind Um, how did that impact you um, on that self how did you manage to cope with that um well, for a long time, I didn't. Um, let's be honest, I, yeah. I didn't. I, I, I yeah, it, it it really became quite a problem for me. So, how have I dealt with it since then? Well, talk to I, that, Jen, if you didn't, if you yeah, don't mind, because yeah, obviously, you know, we've mentioned the fact that no one talks about it and everyone's experiencing it. This is yeah. what you know the podcast is about: is understanding what other people are going through so they can see themselves in it. So, when you say you weren't coping, mm. if you don't mind. What, no, not what at all. What did that look like for you? What kind of patterns were coming through? The, how how it really how it, I hit rock bottom, if you like, at this point in time, I was two children in. So I had left my worldwide ID of my corporate yeah. company, of everyone <laughs> knowing who I was, and you know, having a team behind me, etc., to support everything I was doing. And I was confronted with, okay, for help, but for the right reasons, I've decided to leave that career and um was at home with my children Mm. and all of a sudden you you know as well as I do when you're in that baby phase you are in almost survival mode aren't you Mm. of sort of keeping everybody going and everything else once that lifted and my first baby was turning one I was then pregnant it happened very quickly for me I was pregnant with my second within the year and whilst when Alfie was born I came out of this baby haze and then left, looked around thinking, crikey, whoa, where am I? And I was so consumed in trying to keep up that face of a mum with two kids doing well mm. that I realised I'd left my corporate persona behind. 
I'd left my social persona behind because I wasn't seeing any of, or speaking to any of my friends, barely even many family people, because I was just on this rat race of baby life. Mm. And when I finally got out of that baby world, because we do, don't, do you see what I mean? Yeah, with yeah, that yeah. eventually yeah. It starts, I mean, they still are hugely dependent on you, but they start to lift in a way that you can start to think about doing things outside of them. I, I realized how deeply, deeply lost I was. Mm. Um, and, it, and it does, it makes me quite emotional thinking about it because back then I didn't, I was avoiding social situations. I wouldn't, I wouldn't at all entertain going out to see friends. I would make excuses um, because to go a step further, when I, when I, on the odd occasion, I did do something like that just felt like I had nothing to bring to the party. My self-doubt was at such, such a peak point that I couldn't visibly get words out in a group scenario because I thought I was thinking things, you know, like, you know, nobody's looking at you, nobody's interested in what you're thinking, people are talking over you. Every second time my mouth would open, I would just be so, my ego would be so consumed in what everyone else was thinking when actually we were just involved in a nice, happy conversation and people were genuinely just trying to find out what I'd been up to. But mm. because I didn't have a great deal to talk about, my usual persona of being the life and soul and keeping mm. everyone, you know, I don't know, I just felt like I didn't have much to bring. So I then started avoiding it. Yeah. Which then in turn, it's that it to answer the question in terms of what it looked like in my family I then started resenting my husband because he was doing all of these things and I was at home with the kids out of choice but also necessity I was the one not doing anything and he would seemingly you know he's a great guy don't get me wrong but he would walk out of the house and be be Lee nothing would really have changed yeah uh so resentment was building up in my marriage. Resentment was bringing, building up with my friends, even my longest standing friends. I mean, you know, you, you'll, you'll testify. I just didn't speak to anybody. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And I don't suppose at the time people really were questioning it because on the face of it, once again, small talk, I was fine. Mm. um but yeah the unraveling had definitely started I'd gone from being completely in control of or or in the premise of being completely in control to my entire life unraveling underneath me and motherhood bringing as as everyone will relate to that are mums out there just brings this whole world of unknown that I was second guessing 24 7 so anxiety um depressive depressive tendencies I would say I I did reach out to the doctor and talk to the doctor about and and had some CBT to try and help with my thought processing around it Mm -hmm. um but yeah not not well not looking after myself at all and martyring on that's probably the best way to describe it just completely pushing all of what my needs were as Gemma and this is now what I talk about to mums you know Gemma who I am as a, my own human being and, you know, I have needs, wants, desires, and I can still have those needs, wants and desires and still love my children unconditionally. Mm. But though that person had completely gone, it was quite literally just frantic Gemma looking after two kids. 
Yeah. Um, so so it came to boiling point, crunch point. Uh, I definitely had a very red ragey conversation with Lee. Um, and <laughs> the outcome of that was exercise, Gemma. When was the last time you did that? That's something that was you. That was something, you know, it's not for everybody I know, but for me, that was something that really got the endorphins going. For, for all the right reasons and I would yeah. get out there and start running again and I what happens when you run you have headspace and what yeah. happens when you have headspace you listen to podcasts like this and when yeah. you listen to podcasts like this you learn new techniques yeah. or new theories and um yeah it very much was that I managed to find a podcast that completely changed my life and learned all about the changes that were going on within me because I was now a mum um the the process of matrescence which I talk about and yeah. you know we can we can come to but as a result of doing that I was able to realize that the feelings I were having was having were completely normal it is incredibly common for women to get completely consumed in baby life or young children's life or indeed older kids life mm. and um knowing I wasn't alone with that starting to have the words to articulate how I was feeling within that uh, enabled me to really start, well, A, learning about it, B, creating space and C, you know, treating myself with much more compassion and, you know, more compassion, giving myself the space that I needed and the perspective I needed to see that I was doing a bloody damn job and I am only one human at the end of the day. Uh, So... Yeah, we put so and I really want to touch on the matrescence um, part because it is a real thing. And I think we we as women put pressure on ourselves anyway. And and we also aren't brilliant at um, putting ourselves first and self-care, whether you're a mum or not. But I think when you understand that you are not alone and there is a reason why you're feeling the way that you're feeling, the the shift that that can have in you in a second is incredible. Mm. So I'd love to, to dive into that. Um, in a moment I just want to go back to a couple of things that you um, spoke about because there were some really kind of key points there like obviously understanding triggers and patterns is one of the easiest ways to help you to manage self-doubt and that's why I really wanted to ask sort of what patterns you were having because again it's educating other people and social withdrawal is quite a Mm -hmm. common um, behavioral pattern where you just don't feel like you said you feel a bit empty you don't have the the capacity to engage, don't feel like you're bringing much to the table um, and you're kind of consumed in, into um, baby life and, mm. and the mother load, which I know is something that, that you speak about. Um, there's certainly a few things that I can relate to that I know that um, other women can in particular when, when you're left with baby. And again, especially now I know that Alfie was, um, you felt quite quickly, but I know with your first, um, that it wasn't quick and you were exploring other things and me and you were going through heartaches and struggles. And so I don't know about you, but certainly if you've struggled with it and then you've got your dream baby and then suddenly there are elements of it that perhaps aren't as rosy as you think, you then have the guilt of, well, I've worked really hard for this and this is what I've wanted. And now uh, like it all just feels too much. Um, so I'd love to hear how you would help people to move oh. past that because I think it's a big one. Um, Thank you for asking that. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned about um, you weren't in control of what you knew, and again, I think control is such a big thing. And even though self doubt's always been with you, 
you knew how to control it in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, um, when you become a mummy, it's the most selfless thing that you do. Um, and for a long, long time, obviously baby needs come first, especially when you're breastfeeding and you're going through that whole bubble of eat, sleep, feed, repeat type thing. Um, <clears throat> but then it's like you get so caught up in that that you then forgot to exercise. And, you know, Lee then said, Gem, that, you know, that's so good for you. That really helps you to, to um, create that headspace that you have. It's then trying to bring that back into your... Um, routine um, and again managing the guilt I remember when I had um, Max I would plonk him in his plonk him technical term lovingly place him <laughs> in his cot um, and do an exercise uh, like 10 minutes quarter of an hour with him kind of watching me um, playing but I guarantee that every time I did that he would cry <laughs> and it'd be like but I'm really trying to do some exercise but in the end, I, I had to figure out a way to do it because I knew that I needed to do that. I needed to have something for me. And even if you grab just 10 minutes, it does make a difference. Um, uh, and, you know, it can consume you. I remember when we would meet up with people and if I hadn't brought Max along, people would be like, oh, where's Max? And it'd be like, oh, sorry, am I not good enough? And when you're already mm-hmm. feeling shit anyway... And suddenly people don't want to see you. They want to see your son. And then when they are with you and your son, they're not listening to you because they're too busy cooing over the baby, which we all get. But they, it's, we sometimes forget that the mum wants to have a conversation and feel heard. And the reality is we get so excited about a new baby and we're like, oh, look how cute, can I have a hug, can I have a hug? And then you're just staring gazily at this beautiful baby and not really paying attention to the mum. Um, and no, it's never done intentionally at all, but it just builds on stuff that we're already feeling. Yeah. Um, and everything that you were talking about, you know, I relate to massively. And what I've then just shared is, is stuff that I really struggled with. And it was like, sorry, am I just invisible? Shall I just leave Max here and go? Would you even notice I, if I left? And like, absolutely. I remember going to a baby class. And well, you, you think about the baby classes you'll have gone to and how many people n- knew you as Max's mum. Yeah. I, there are still women I will pass in my local town who I know as so-and-so's mum. I have no idea mm. what her name is. Mm. No idea. I've mm. even been to a baby class before where they've given the baby a label, a sticky tag, and the, the mums haven't, mm. you know, got, got names at all. So... It, that is that is this is what I'm saying there's internal mm-hmm. pressures here that we are brought up with but there is also the external the societal yeah. pressures that we live within the systemic situation that 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 we are brought up around yeah. that mums are selfless this is one of the most common thing when I say to somebody what does a good mother mean to you what mm-hmm. do you feel that mean that looks like selfless self-sacrificing are two of the biggest things yeah. that people say and what does that mean we're doing we're we're bringing Electing children up in this world mm. we are bringing children up to see that that's what mum does yeah neglects herself doesn't look after her own needs yeah um so it is it is a massive one definitely um of course you know we are our children's biggest role models at the end of the day and that is not what we want to be role modeling to them we need to be showing them that mum deserves to have her own her, her own passions her own um priorities her own identity 
Yeah. So um, something that you t- touched on there as well, Em, which is a really important point, and especially, you know, it, it, a lot of women who have gone through fertility struggles or pregnancy struggles or difficult births or haven't managed to breastfeed when they wanted to or had to return to work sooner than expected, lots mm-hmm. of things, is something called the maternal mandate, whereby we are it, we are absolutely embedded within us is that we mums women should do this we should mm-hmm. want to become mothers we should fall pregnant incredibly at the drop of a hat mm-hmm. we should fall at our knees at any desire our baby needs and mm-hmm. love every moment breastfeeding is a walk in the park you know and smile all the way through it and of course that is absolutely not the case for so many of us yeah um and so that self-doubt seed can be planted so early on can't it um and if we do find that these things don't come instinctively which quite frankly why would they because we've never done it before (laughs) how how are we expected to suddenly know how to mother when it's a completely new world that we've just found ourselves in Mm. um you know but that's that's the point here you can start to push that self-doubt aside if you actually start to see yourself through this much more realistic lens that of course you don't know is mm. that cry a cry because baby's tired or hungry I don't bloody know the baby's crying you, know, yeah. you learn that over time yeah but why do we find ourselves doubting ourselves it's so difficult and and I'm talking about young babies like our, our children are you know six, six and four now um and I'm still going through moments of that like I've never had a six-year-old before I don't I don't know how to deal with these social thing, you know, complex conversations that I'm now having with her about various things. Mm. Um, so why would I doubt myself on that? I'm, I'm only human and I'm learning every day. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, that's the thing is that whether it's babies or life, like we've never mm. experienced tomorrow until mm-hmm. tomorrow comes. Like we're not expected to know everything and no one ever knows everything. And I think, again, we put so much pressure on to be perfect or to know everything or, um, and the reality is that's just not life. Life happens for you and it it comes through taking action and the how to do any of these things kind of comes through finding out what works and what doesn't. Um, But like you said, I think there's so much uh, environmental and societal pressures that are put on through lack of education, I think, um, on mums um, and the modern mum because no disrespect, but things have changed from when our parents were mums and the world has changed. I mean, Christ, the world has changed so much in the last 18 months, Um, but the world has changed. And sometimes I think the views and the opinions of certain people are so out of date um, that we could never live by their opinion anyway. I mean, the pressure's on, I mean, I was very lucky. I breastfed um, pretty easily in fairness. But I remember at the time before I had my, well, I didn't even know I was having a son, before I had my baby, I said, if I can, I will. But if I can't, I'm not going to make myself feel like shit. And I don't want anyone telling me that I'm a crap mum. So I kind of warned everyone around me. Um, And again, it's like with the birth plan, you're made to make a birth plan. um, And so you have this expectation, naive expectation. Oh, you know, I'd love candles and soothing music and, uh, you know, water birth and all this kind of shit. 
And then that doesn't happen. And you think, oh, fuck, I, like, I failed already because I planned it and it's now not worked. And if you are know, a planner, because yeah. some yeah. people like are planners and have to, you know, know yeah. every single detail. And all of a sudden it's like, I don't know what to do now because for the last however many months I've been visualizing this amazing birth and this is what's going to happen. And now it's like something totally different. And again, it's like, you know, the reality is birth plans shouldn't be called birth plans. They should be in an ideal world, uh, scenario A, B or C, which, you know, these are the things that we're going to run with. But we're told, oh, no, it'll be like this. Your waters will break and then this will happen. And yeah. it's bullshit. No, Everybody yeah. is different. We really are. Um, so moving on to obviously you mentioned the fact that you'd hit rock bottom. Um, you had a long conversation with Lee. You then started to recognize that you needed to give something back to yourself um, and managed to start to, to go out and run again and to um, create that time for you. And in that, you started to listen to podcasts and came across a word that not many people know. Um, yeah. I still, whenever I talk about you um, and what you do, I'm not always the best at explaining what it all means. But you came across the word matrescence, but but that word opened up a whole new world to you and took you yeah. on um, a healing journey and obviously led you to your business. But took you on a healing journey that probably every mother needs to go on because mm -hmm. the reality is physically we change when we have babies and uh mummy brain or baby brain or whatever it is is actually a real thing um mm -hmm. and we change um on how we interact with people and all of that sort of stuff uh, and yet we can think, oh, we're crazy or we're losing our mind. Like I've forgotten to do this, that and the other. And again, when you're feeling doubtful, that then just piles on the pressure of, well, I'm shit and blah, blah, blah. But you came across matrescence and it told mm -hmm. you, this word told you that actually everything that you're going through is normal. So in an expert way, can you explain <laughs> more about what, what this wonderful word of matrescence um... means? And how that helped you, um, what, it, what yeah. it did for you. I would love to, I would love to, cause I am yet to meet a single mother who has heard of this yeah. word. And in, and in the reality, Em, it is just one word. Yeah. It is just one word and on its own, it doesn't really mean a great deal. It's when you start to put it into context that it yeah. really starts to make sense to people. So um, matrescence itself, was first coined in the 1970s mm -hmm. by anthropologist Dana Raphael. And basically she termed it as the process of becoming a mother, mm. okay? Which is great. And on paper, okay, we read that and we think, yeah, fine. When it really, and, and incredible that she, she did do that in the first instance, but it collected dust, unfortunately, for a little while until it was then put into the context um, by actually talking about it as matrescence sounds like adolescence and then we can really start to this this starts to bring something back to us doesn't it because what happens when a child or a teenager is moving through adolescence we treat them differently yeah. don't we we give them grace yeah we see them differently because why they're feeling different they look different but 
there's new expectations on them. They're learning completely new things, financial restraints. You know, they're expected to start being someone in the world and making their own way. And that comes with a huge, huge learning curve and area of uncertainty and Mm. self-doubt and questioning and God knows what else. Mm. We all get that. And we have these stereotypes of the grumpy teenager, Kevin, don't we? Where Mm. what do we do? We give Kevin space because Mm. he's changing and he needs that time to come to terms with the fact that he's always, he's still Kevin. He's still that person inside, but he now has this totally new area to his persona and adolescence is exactly the same as matrescence. Matrescence is this for women that are becoming mothers and yet when we become mothers just as you touched on before we spend all of our pregnancy thinking about the physical act of getting baby home getting baby out (laughs) getting baby home and the physical needs of baby at no point for me I don't know about you but for no point did anyone ever say okay so once baby's home what then how's that going to impact you Mm. How's that going to impact your relationship, your friendships, your financial status? You know, lots of women financially, maybe they've worked previously and when they're on mat leave, they have a completely different view on, you know, the finances in the family. Mm. Uh, Some choose not to go back to work. Some don't go back. Some can't go back. Like, it's just, I mean, can you see? It it affects everything. Yeah, it does. And so... When I was sitting in a, you know, a pub with a few girlfriends and feeling like, crikes, I've got nothing to talk about apart from the fact that I'm toilet training Alfie, mm-hmm. you know, of course that's a big shift for me. And no wonder I had no confidence because I didn't, I didn't realise that inside of me I'd gone through a massive change and what I want now out of life has changed yeah. as a result of me now being a mum. And every one of us in one in one way will be feeling that, in, in, you know, and so some of us matrescence will affect physically. We will feel physically, look physically, have um, different relationship with ourselves physically because of matrescence. But sometimes that can just be the pinprick of it. You know, it can be the start of it. Um, others emotionally. You know, we joke about mums now crying at the drop of a hat or can't watch the news because our entire empathy towards life is different, isn't it, as a result? Yeah. Um, Whereas some it can affect socially, economically. So the studying I have now done and gone on to become a facilitator in talking to mums now about, okay, let's understand why we're different. And instead of doubting ourselves and putting these pressures on ourselves about that, have the words now to articulate how we're feeling why we're feeling this way and that we're not the only one to be feeling it and it is a real thing just like adolescence is a real transition that every child goes through matrescence is the same you know it's it's interesting you when you started speaking about that your whole energy became so much calmer and more (laughs) more (laughs) nurturing and caring to yourself and and it to know that that it is a thing a physical and an emotional shift that we have and that other people go through it for me is probably the biggest shift because 
with everything that went on in my past, um, for 25 years, I felt very alone and misunderstood. And it hasn't really been until I've been doing this podcast and I've met other people that have gone through similar things to me that I've managed to have conversations with people who think like me, who understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And the healing that that has brought me is in a way I just can't describe to other people. And so when you know that matrescence um, is like adolescence and it's something that we we do go through and it, there's nothing wrong with us for going through that and that other mums are going through the same thing is just like such a big hug. It's like, mm-hmm. thank fuck, I haven't got to do this on my own. There are other people that, that understand um, and I'm not going crazy because no. people will often think that, you know, that they are, oh, what a common, um, what are, what were the common things or the, the biggest things for you to come out of learning about matrescence that really reassured you and, he- and helped you? Because I know that you've mentioned to me that mummy brain is a, a real thing. Um, and again, I know that that is one thing that people worry about. But were there any other things that kind of really popped out and became a bit of a a hug or reassurance for you? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest the biggest thing and it's a concept that goes hand in hand with matrescence is the inner split of motherhood Mm -hmm. in as much as in that instance of bringing baby home. You are not expected when somebody shouts mum across the street you are not expected to feel qualified to turn around and say yes. Mm. I still find it difficult being Gemma Mercer instead of Gemma Barrett, you know, and I got married however many years ago. Why would we suddenly be able to answer to a completely different name to ourselves Mm. the day after we bring baby home? And this is something called the inner split in as much as you, and it explains how, in the same instance, you can absolutely love being a mother, want to do anything for the good and safety of your child. But in that same instance, it's very natural and normal to have these different feelings about, but I'm also really bloody tired. I just want a break. I'm feeling mm. incredibly touched out today. And I'd quite like to just go and have a bubble bath and read my book. Like that doesn't make you a selfish person. Mm. That is just something that is a real life situation. You have always for the, however, I, I was 32, I think one, when I had my first child for first 31 years, I had been Gemma, the mm. leading lady in my show. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I was the front line of the act in my life. And overnight, I became not even a backing dancer. Like, I was behind stage making everything look good for somebody else. Yeah. Oh, I love that analogy. But isn't it so true? It is so true. So true. And, and, and that's why, you know, as, as human beings, we have this huge array of different emotions mm. at any one time. We can, we can feel overjoyed with love. And also feel resentment inside because we're exhausted Mm. and that's okay. Mm. That's okay. Um, And it's those words, that's okay. I think it are the, you know, the big things is that is okay. Like we put so much much pressure and guilt on ourselves, but it's okay. You know, at the end of the day, we are human. Um, Children are humans. 
they're just smaller versions. They are humans. And so they want downtime sometimes. You know, they don't want to be on the go all the time. And um, I sometimes think, oh, God, you know, Max has been on in front of the TV for uh, a bit too long today. Um, and John, I'll be like, he's tired, Em. Just let him have some downtime. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but you, you think, oh, no, I've got to be playing with them all the time. I need to be doing this. Need to be doing no, we don't. We don't need to be doing any of that. Don't need to just do anything, is that yeah. right? Yeah. And um, do it because you want to, because then there's enjoyment in it, um, you know, and all of that stuff. But yeah, we do put so much pressure on ourselves. And I love that whole inner mother split, did you say it was called? Inner inner split. Inner split. split. Yeah. You you've always been that one person and now you're basically split in two because you're you and you have this new element to your persona that you've never encountered encountered before. Mm. so it's natural that you wouldn't know what to do with it at first and and you know for those people listening that um have got older children matrescence isn't just relevant to the first stages of motherhood um actually the majority of women that I talk to and actually want to do something about you know getting to grips with what they want from life now have indeed got older children and I think it's not until you you know you're you're transitioning into motherhood all the way until you're well, you're still transitioning when your kids go off to university or fly the nest, for goodness sake. That's a massive shift in identity as well, isn't it? Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so this isn't this isn't something that's just for the early days. And and actually a lot of more more people come to me having got kids at school age because they've suddenly got a little bit more independence again. Mm. And they're like, OK, I'm on my own now. Or I can think about my work a little bit more now or, you know, and that's where the, it, it becomes very critical that we start to think about what does that mean for me now? What do, what do I want from life now that I'm also a mother? Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, and in, 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 this, in the lens of seeing it from a self-doubt perspective not feeling guilty about wanting something for yourself. Like let's not doubt ourselves because mm we're entitled to that yeah yeah so how how have you navigated obviously having um come across matrescence and then dived into it and learned so much about it what do you now do as a coping mechanism um for yourself because right at the start we said you know it's always there it's how we manage it um every day is a new day so there's always new things to learn whether it's linked with business or linked with life or you know with children um but with all of this knowledge that that you now have what are your coping strategies that you that you use that perhaps other people can then look to, to perhaps try in their life um for me personally uh just having moments of pause and space and you, you referred to it actually, micro moments of doing little things for myself, because I think quite often what we'll do is we'll be we'll give ourselves a massive task like, oh, I'm going to go out on a huge run right now. And, and mm. being a mum doesn't always lend itself to doing that. So what happens is you end up then not achieving what you set out to do being frustrated with yourself being frustrated with the kids being you know it, it builds doesn't it so little micro moments of time for myself 100 percent uh reminding myself I mean for me it's almost therapy talking to other people about this stuff because obviously the light bulb moment like you've just seen in your face you lit up when you said about heard about the inner split 
sharing that with other mums is again this reassurance that Mm -hmm. we're okay so I would say to people talk to their friends about this make sure you're having honest conversations with other mums um so that you know that they can start to see where you're coming from and that in itself when you start to talk about it it becomes more real doesn't it and it's acceptable almost or you can Mm. you can see where you're coming from um but but certainly just allowing myself that time um allowing myself that time because I'm a better mum I'm nicer to be around Mm. and I show up for my kids a hundred percent more when I do do that so so yeah isn't it the ripple effect is massive yeah Mm. so yeah talk spending time remembering who I was you know and and I know I I what I am a recovering perfectionist like Mm. many of us out there okay so I know where I've come from my story that we talked about before and I also know I struggle very much with not feeling like I've got a sense of achievement from the day Mm. so for me I have um a lovely planner that you know my entire week view I can see what I need to do and what I need to achieve and no matter how small it gets crossed off when it's done you know I know it's that it's it's practice that takes time but it really helps me to be able to think you know uh, we're, we're at a point of I'm supposed to be applying for Alfie's school placement he's starting school in September the old me would have immediately the, the day I got the letter through the door be frantically trying to apply for school places even though I was doing everything else but because I've now got this visible ability to see all the things I need to achieve I can put it in for a week before Christmas when I'm going to be a bit quieter work-wise or I'm not going to be rushing off to rainbows to take Imogen to swimming lessons Mm. like I can see and start to plan out my life a lot more Mm. which gives me that much more measured effect and that sense of achievement because I'll be able to do it and I know that it's dealt with so I can park it so it's it's just living a much slower pace I would I would say which isn't always possible but it certainly gives me a sense of achievement. Um, Uh, And that's the key word. Um, Well, there's a few key words there. Pause that you mentioned is really, really Mm -hmm. massive. Too often people are scared to stop because if they they stop, then they're seen as lazy or not doing enough or, um, you know, feel guilty. Mm -hmm. But a lot of magical, magical things come when we pause, when we stop. We refuel for a start. So we come back stronger, better, lighter, happier. Mm -hmm which then has, you know, the ability to totally transform our whole day and therefore the, the lives and days of people that will be in our company. Um, and you mentioned slower pace um, as well. And, it's, and also about just doing the little things. But I think the biggest thing that, that came through, and it's something that women don't do enough, men probably do it a little bit better, but I think generally we don't do enough. It's... Um, a sense of achievement and celebration like when mm-hmm. we do things and we tick it off it's owning just giving ourselves that moment to acknowledge that we've done it yeah for one um which we just skip past and move on to the next one even though we could do 10 things and not do one we won't celebrate or acknowledge those 10 we'll acknowledge the one we've not done and and cling to oh why didn't i do that um 
And it's so important to acknowledge what you've done rather than what you've not done and to celebrate it. Because when we celebrate it, we're giving ourselves compassion. We're acknowledging ourselves. You know, quite often we feel invisible by other people. But if you're not even seeing yourself, how are other people going to see you? So acknowledge yourself for what you've achieved and own it. And like, you know, be this is really cool because today's been a day. Like I've had... (laughs) two seconds to myself and I've still managed to do a couple of things Mm. that I needed to get done. Good for me. It's like those types of um, shifts make a big, big difference to how we're feeling and ultimately how we feel will affect what we're thinking and how we're showing up in the world and then the outcomes that we get. So if we can really acknowledge how we feel and own that good feeling rather than just sitting with the bad feelings, that, that tiny little insight into goodness will grow and grow and it will like increase our energy or then allow our minds to think differently for us to view things differently to see like it's got the ability one millimeter shift to change your whole like direction in life totally so it is the small things like you say gems there's so much that that we could continue to talk about um <laughs> and um and i'm conscious of time um is there anything that you feel that you needed to hear when you were in the thick of it or that intuitively you want to share with people right now that might help them or or make a difference to them I've said most of it I've said most of it but I would say again just to reiterate talk to your mum friends about the mother load the juggle the ongoing mental haze that you're feeling because in doing so, you're bringing it to the forefront for yourself, stopping mm-hmm. to think about what you know, what what you are achieving, what you are contending mm-hmm. with, and you're also giving her that excuse as well, or not excuse, but that that um, um, that opportunity, yeah, opportunity to see it for herself as well. Because there are so many, I've done it this morning, I've been at school and I've seen all the mums doing their thing, rushing, rushing, rushing and putting on a smile throughout it. And as much as, you know, smiles are often fun and everything else, they can also be there to hide stuff that's going on behind. And I think if we're much more honest with our friends about, (gasps) (laughs) it just gives light to everything. It really does yeah. bring it together and it takes one person. And I think this is the, the thing that I've always felt is um, we're speaking about motherhood, but like when I went through my miscarriages, no one really talks about miscarriages. And when I said I'd had one, the amount of people that then said, yeah. well, so have I. Yeah. And you see their shoulders just drop and it's like, yeah. oh my God, you've mentioned it. I can now talk about it. And I think it's to not be afraid to talk about it because if you're feeling it, whatever mm-hmm. it is, it could be about, um, my, you know, mum life, but it could be about business, relationships, mm. whatever. If you're feeling it, there's a high chance someone that you know is feeling it 100%. too. Um, mm-hmm. And if you have the confidence to um, to speak to people about it, then it will bring you all um, together. Um, and that's what makes a difference. So, um, so, yeah, definitely talking about it, I think, is really, really important, um, like you say. Um, Gem, how can people stay connected to you or if they um, want to find out a bit more about the Trescents or whatever, um, where can they yeah. find you? 
Um, so the best place is my website, which mm-hmm. is www.mummymetime.co.uk. Or I'm also on the gram. Instagram is um, at mummy me time community. You can find me there as well. Uh, but um, or indeed just reach out by, by email Gemma at mummymetime.co.uk and it's Gemma with a G. Um, but yeah, I, I welcome, I get people contacting me all the time now, which is wonderful, just saying, oh my God, matrescence, this is a thing. So if you've had that moment, I would, I would love you to just reach out and tell me because, uh, yeah, or indeed if, if people are listening that have heard of it before, tell me that too, because I'm yet to find one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been amazing. And I think, you know, the fact that not many people know about matrescence really shows that we really need to start to build awareness around that because the more education the more awareness we have the more knowledge we have the easier it is to navigate through things and so I love what what you do um anyway because I love you but I love what what you're doing and I know that it's making a massive difference and I know that if you if anyone has been listening to this um and this has hit home to you or it's given you some support like a virtual hug or just some reassurance know that that we're all going through it in our own way um, and that um, you're not alone. But if there's anything that has come from this um, episode um, and you have questions or you're looking for support, then please reach out because that's what we're here for. Um, And so if you have any questions for either myself or for Gemma, then please drop us a message and we will do the best to to support you. Um, If that's not you know what you want to do look for other friends around you that perhaps are going through the same thing and maybe look to to build a bit of a community that way um but gems it's been amazing thank you so much for coming on here um as you know we could talk for hours um and you know i i might even bring you back because i do really believe that this is something that needs exploring a lot lot more and you know i'm like on a mission to to educate the world um but it's been awesome so thank you so much and thank you everybody for listening and i look forward to seeing you all next week so bye for now that's all for this episode thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed this show please head over to itunes subscribe and leave a review bye for now